It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Another Miami Dolphins practice is in the books, and we are going through standout performers on both sides of the ball here today on this episode of Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Monday, July 31st, 2023. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, and I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Shout out to our everydayers who are plugged in with us on a daily basis. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And you can also find me in Miami Gardens at Miami Dolphins Training Camp. Uh, today, yesterday, end of last week, and my last day will be tomorrow, uh, which is a sad time for me, but it is an exciting time for Dolphins fans because you have seen highly competitive practices with a lot of talent on the football field and ebbs and and flows for both sides of the football. So I asked myself where I wanted to kind of take the conversation today, and really, I've got the Dolphins roster that they hand out and uh, made some notes on it as the course of practice went on and wanted to just kind of go position room by position room for guys who flash to me and, and give them the love that they deserve for their performance on the Monday practice. Uh, if you start up front, this defensive line, uh, particularly the usual suspects of guys that when the Dolphins are going to be in even front looks, which you expect are going to command a lot of the snaps in Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer. They've really turned it on, man. I mean, the, the intensity of the penetration up front, and this is not just a matter of, well, the Dolphins can't block anybody. Uh, this, this is really high-quality execution of first-step explosiveness and ripping through contact and winning with pass rush counters uh, this is not just the Dolphins have speed bumps on the interior. Now, I, I do think that there is some competitiveness that needs to sort itself out uh, on the Dolphins' interior offensive line, particularly at the left guard spot where we're waiting for somebody to kind of emerge. And it continues to be Liam Eikenberg who gets those first opportunities, but we're also seeing Isaiah Wynn really only get weaned in uh, coming off the PUP list. So, uh, I think it's to be determined as far as that spot, but uh, the pressure up front on the interior defensive line, it, it's Wilkins and it's Sealer, and those two guys have been super persistent and super consistent with the performance that they're providing. Uh, if I were to look at the young guys, I would say uh, 
Brandon Peely has flashed a little bit. Uh, he got in the doghouse a little bit today. A little late contact. They put the pads on, so everybody's chomping at the bit. Uh, so he heard it for that. But uh, Peely's flashed a little bit, but nobody's standing out like 94 and 92 who are just nightmarish and continue to be nightmarish. And the question was, what of this is the system that they implemented versus the old system? And what of this was the glass ceiling of these guys as players? There's more to tap into than what we saw last year. And it's never been more apparent. Anybody who's been at any practice, if you were counting sacks in practice, and I understand, and I think a lot of people might overlook every play on both sides of the ball is scripted, right? So when they're, they're facing pressure situations and you're sacked 12 times, you're probably not going to run the plays offensively that you would be running if you didn't have a script that says play number eight, nine, and 10 or X, Y, and Z, right? It's just the, the coaches ahead of time. They sit down and they try to strategize how to optimize that window for install for both sides and walk the line. And sometimes one side of the ball gets the edge and the, the favor in, in what the looks are. But regardless of whether there's pressure schemed or not pressure schemed, those two dudes in the middle are looking like the pillar players that we expect them to be. Now, on the edge, yeah, Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips look like a couple of first-round pass rushers. They are moving really well. Uh, I think the chemistry that they have with one another is really, really fun, uh, unique. You could tell that they, they really draw the best out of each other. Uh, they're warming up together every day at practice. I think it's really cool to see how they have gravitated towards each other. And that look, that's another thing with this roster. You think about... Wilkins and Sealer, and you think about Chubb and Phillips, and you think about uh, Jerome Baker and David Long, and Jerome Baker spoke with the media after practice today and talked about how they're gravitating towards each other. You think about Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. Like, these guys, they, there's chemistry within the rooms beyond just they're good football players. And I think that's a human element to the game that uh, might be easy to gloss over, but you, you see it. Uh, as far as other guys who have popped on the edge side of the obvious of, of Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb, David Long at stack linebacker. I don't want to say he had a practice on caliber of what Christian Wilkins had on Friday, because that would not be an accurate statement. But he was a heat-seeking missile today at practice. I mean, just sh shooting gaps nonstop, effective pressure, winning to the perimeter in space against outside runs, squaring up against like Dolphin star receivers in space and being in a position to make a tackle. And, and they're obviously not going to the ground because you know player maintenance is, is something that we're mindful of at this stage in the game. And, and it's so early in training camp, but um, the question with David Long is of course the soft tissue injuries. And that's kind of what got him the boot in Tennessee. And we'll see. But 12 games of this dude versus 17 games of anybody you've had in that spot for the Dolphins defense the last three, four years, it ain't going to be close. I'd sign up for the 12 and live with, with working around his absence for a month if you had to. And hopefully that won't be the case this year. Uh, but David Long, phenomenal day for him. Uh, in the secondary, it's not quite the same suspects as it usually is when I hop on this show. Because when I hop on this show, we talk about Cater Kohu. 
and how good he is. Uh, we've talked about Elijah Campbell the first few days. Finally got to talk to Elijah Campbell after practice today, and that was great. And we'll talk a little bit about that at the end. Uh, but today was Cam Smith's day. Uh, Cam had several near interceptions. I know he had a near interception yesterday as well, but uh, it was the ball skills, the click and close, the work at the catch point today uh, that I think really flashed for, for Cam. One was a crosser from Braxton Barrios uh, where the ball was from Skylar Thompson and maybe a little bit on back on, on Braxton's hip, but it wasn't a, a poorly placed ball. It just wasn't out in front of him for catch away from Cam Smith. And with that ball kind of back on the hip, it opened the door for Cam to make a diving pass break up, and it was a really, really nice play that he had made. Uh, the other one was from depth as an outside corner looking through the route to the quarterback and reacting to the hands of the quarterback, breaking off the ball, and he puts his foot in the ground and he drives downhill and he cuts in front of this quick hitting route and, and nearly picked it for what would have been a pick six. So uh, light bulb's coming on for old Cam Smith, and uh, he, he was around the football today and very active, so I thought he was somebody on the defensive side of the ball who also had himself a very impressive performance. Now, we're going to switch gears, go over to talk about the offensive side of the ball next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Once you guys to take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel, and you can get up to 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right, just bet $20. Bucks, and you'll get $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose, with your first bet at FanDuel. It's $200 that you can spend on betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who's going to hit the first home run in the game. All on an app that is safe, secure, super easy to use, and best of all with FanDuel, when you win, you get paid out instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the offensive side of the ball had its moments today as well. First off, shout out to Raheem Mostert, your orange jersey winner. Man, I really wish... I didn't sweat through my hair product. I wish it were hotter, though. Just got in off the practice field. It's about, uh, and just got back to the hotel. It's about 1, 1.30 in the afternoon on Monday. Um, very active practice. It's very engaging. A lot of 11 on 11. I think that's one thing that when I think about this practice, uh, the amount of time on task that was used full reps for simultaneous install and evaluation reps. This was very, very, very useful practice to be at if you were somebody interested in evaluating this football team. Now, let me consult my notes here. If I were to start with the quarterback room, 
notes for today. We didn't have a Mike White standout performance like we we did uh, yesterday at practice. Skylar Thompson got a lot of run, and I don't really know what to make of that other than maybe wanting to continue to pull from him as somebody who played snaps for you last year, continuing to keep him up to speed, maybe trying to evaluate some of the um, other guys on the roster without putting too much of a workload on Tua, uh, while Mike White continues to get himself up to speed. He spoke with me yesterday and kind of talked about how there's uh, this evolution of familiarizing yourself with the offense. But quite frankly, I think Skyler does need to work, so I'm not, I'm not upset to see Skyler continue to get reps because him from a consistency and performance aspect of seeing a wider field vision of the field to make sure he's seeing routes that might not be the primary, but you, you can kind of see a half of the field at the time to be able to quickly work through progressions instead of here's my one. Is it open? Yes or no? No. Okay. Now I got to go to two. Is my two open? Yes or no? No. And, and then like maybe it would have been open if you had seen it a little earlier. Uh, I think that work for Skylar is going to be really helpful. Um, two is fine. Oh, I don't think there's, there's a lot of discourse around the offensive performance right now in camp. And for me, this is the time window and the time period to work on stuff, and it's okay to be a little irresponsible. And look, Tua made some transformations with his body. He's thickened himself up. I'm excited for tomorrow for the press availability to get to actually like stand next to him and be able to um, be, be, have him right there with me. Um, so I can get a feel for where he's been. I remember the first time I saw two in person was at Alabama LSU in 2019. It was at the game. And that was when he first came back from the tightrope surgery, but I didn't see him on the field. The first time I saw him up close and in person was at the NFL combine when he was working through coming back from the hip injury. And as I've seen him the years, you see him get healthier, get back close to hundred percent. You saw him last year. Obviously they've made a lot of cognitive decisions on, how he wants to evolve himself as a player and his build and what kind of body armor he has. And I think those are good, good decisions to make, but I'm just interested in seeing it for myself, right? Like you see the photos and you can kind of see the difference, but I, I want to get a tangible feel of, of like how different his body is. Um, that said, oh, I do think this Vic Fangio defense and how they are able to disguise coverage. Uh, it does make life hard on quarterbacks on um, you know, this is not a pass rush that is affording any quarterback a lot of time to continue to work my way deep into my progressions. There, There is a lot of heat, and not just from the sun. Look away, Bills fans, talking about heat from the sun. But um, I think he's been fine. I, I think he has held the ball a little extra long at times to try to push balls further down the field. Um Working on those throws, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing, right? If you want to see him continue to get better at the shots that are 20 plus yards down the field and have the timing and the placement and the feel of those better, now's the time to work on them. So is the offense humming at optimal uh, efficiency right now with any of the quarterbacks? No. Am I worried about it? No. Because remember, Mike McDaniel and Vic Fangio and the entire staff sit down and they script every session and they know what concepts they want to run. And for Tua, continuing, in my mind, to work on the throws that are touch throws. And he had a couple of really nice touch throws today uh, 
that were outside the numbers, 20 plus yards downfield, where he's trying to drop it under over top of a squatting safety and get it down in front of, or let me try that again, drop it over the top of a squatting corner on the outside who's kind of playing in between a, a quarter and, and playing clouded up in the flat and get it down at a pace in which the safety cannot fly over the top and get to it. So corner routes, sevens, all that kind of stuff. And he had a couple of really nice throws that were probably put in the spot where they had to be, but the timing with the receiver just wasn't, wasn't quite right. But you looked at the location and Cam Smith, he dropped two over the top of Cam Smith where like Cam Smith is full on extension leaping in the air and it's feathered over the top of them and a catchable ball, including one that hit Tyreek in both hands. So I think there's some process here. That's really good. Now is not the time to be results oriented in my mind. When I evaluate practice, if you disagree, okay. I mean, you, you have every right to disagree and, and choose to, to view the scope of the game, however you want to, but I'll concede. Yes. They're, I mean, they're not humming on optimal efficiency right now, but I think you see the process of the things that they're trying to work on and you see good things that you can isolate within that, that when you understand, Hey, we're actually going to call a game with the intent of beating the defense and not just call a play to install and rep the play, regardless of how favorable the look is versus the other side of the ball. And knowing that both sides of the ball are doing that to each other simultaneously. Uh, that's when I, I think you can start to kind of get a little bit more results oriented, but for right now, I'm seeing a quarterback in Tua who's working on some elements of his game that you want to see him have those clubs in his bag so that he is not so much more of the slant wheel flat RPO, drop it out there or throw the glance route quarterback. I mean, we've seen that concept like twice in like four days at camp. They're working on building out some of the stuff. And I know that was a question everybody had was, what are they going to do to evolve offensively? Well, you're, you're seeing some things. I won't go into detail because the uh, reporting policy makes it very clear that you cannot reference plays, run, or game strategy, including formations, motions, or non-conventional plays. So my lips are sealed. I'll throw away the key. But what I will tell you is you can see that they're working on new layers to this offense that require you reps and require you to take the throws, even if you're going to get sacked. That's where I'm at with it. Okay, so I wasn't planning on a big uh, practice ideology rant, I guess is probably soapbox session. is a couple different ways that you could word it, but uh, what I was planning on doing is going through the rest of the offensive uh, performers. And shout out to Raheem Mostert. He had the orange jersey today. I would have given it to Jalen Phillips for his performance yesterday. Maybe it's cumulative. I don't know. Um, I thought there were some nice runs blocked up. Miles Gaskin had a nice run uh, in the as far as just backfield players. I thought John Lovett had a couple really nice blocks uh, to spring some runs on the edge. He's obviously not the starting fullback. That'll be Alec Ingold and. Uh, Ingold obviously was a, such a strong contributor for the team last year, but um, I think Raheem Mostert is is showcasing uh, the most complete skill set. Uh, Ahmed had kind of a nasty drop at, at one point in practice. Uh, a chain, you, you see how condensed of a runner he is. I, I actually think as he continues to fill out his frame, 
his stature might be a little bit more of an asset than, than maybe my initial eval before he got drafted here um, wanted to anticipate. So uh, I do think there is kind of a little bit of a condensed runner who takes contact gracefully element of his game that putting on more weight and he's on the roster at 188 pounds for the Dolphins. So that's where we're at with, with the backs in the backfield. As far as wide receivers today, um, Eric Ezukama is going to be a thing. Uh, all of the uh, questions there about his fit within the wide receiver room and the Dolphins obviously drafting him in the fourth round last year. I understand the questions. And obviously they bring in Robbie Anderson or Robbie Chosen, excuse me, and they bring in Braxton Berrios and doesn't maybe paint the warm and fuzzies for you with Eric Azucama, but that dude's got some dog in him. And I think he, at his stature, 6'2", 205, uh, is very much a different amount. He is the heaviest wide receiver in the wide receiver room. And at 6'2", he's the second tallest wide receiver in the wide receiver room. So second tallest and heaviest. Dense player, dense receiver, winning vertically. Physical element after the catch. He's got some agility. This is going to be a player. I really think you are seeing the switch start to come on for him, and that's obviously very exciting for the Dolphins in the midst of having uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Uh, Waddle had a couple nice catches today. Had one that he just missed on a double move against Eli Apple where he kind of stuttered and go. And it looked like he wasn't full stride coming out of it. And then he had to flip the switch and try to get up to top speed, and it just reached out past his uh, his extended fingertips. And then Tyreek had one of those honey hole shots um, in that that void in zone coverage on the perimeter downfield that just missed as well. But probably could have slash should have been caught, but there was a lot of limbs in the vision of the catch point as that ball was coming in over the top. Tight ends. Um, I thought Eric Saubert blocked really well. I thought he was physical. Uh, Elijah Higgins had a nice mossed catch over uh, Justin Bethel, who had an interception uh, in practice today in, in the first 11-on-11 period. He intercepted Skylar Thompson, uh, did a really nice job. Um, but Elijah Higgins, high point corner route, go up top, big catch and run after. And you see some of the ways that they're using him and, and what's apparent. And this was not a player that was drafted just to draft the best player available and like not ask questions while you're going to ask him to transition positions. He's a wide receiver at Stanford. This is a player that you kind of watch in the ways that they're utilizing him where he's lining up, where they're asking him to do both pre and post snap. And you really get the sense this is a player they had a plan for. They had a plan for this kind of player. And the absence of Tanner Connor is not good for Tanner Connor relative to Elijah Higgins because they made a recent investment in this player and he's getting ra- valuable reps and uh, made a splash play in the passing game today. So I, I thought he looked good there. And then on the offensive line, I thought you had some nice wins from some of the depth players. And Dan, the, the first thing they did with pads is they went O-line, D-line, one-on-ones, pass rush. And I thought Dan Feeney, presented himself very good in that entirety of that session. Robert Hunt, who's not a depth player, but it is obviously a pillar of the starting lineup, was clamps. Uh, he, cl- he clamped just about everybody. I thought Kendall Lamb had a couple of really nice reps as well. Um, 
Jerron Christian had at least one really strong pass rush rep on the edge. Um, trying to make sure I don't forget anything. And, and uh, Ulave. Ulave, the uh, undrafted free agent from San Diego State. And now, granted, he's not going against Christian Wilkins in one-on-ones, but the reps that he had, he looked pretty good. I'm not saying he's going to make the team or anything like that. I think my expectations there are pretty tempered, but I was surprised to see the depth guys showcase well in a drill of O-line, D-line, one-on-ones that are historically uh, very challenging and not friendly to offensive linemen. And Rob Hunt was asked about that. Uh, by Travis Wingfield in the, the post-practice scrum. He was asked if they love the O-line, D-line, one-on-ones as kind of a football drill as much as, as we did. And Rob was like, nah, man, like that's so skewed towards the defensive lineman. So it was pretty funny to hear him kind of go in a little bit. And that's kind of what we're going to finish with here. We're going to talk about press availability and some of the guys that we talked to. Uh, and I got a chance to talk to and ask some questions to here today on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, I was a part of the Rob Hunt conversation. I was a part of the Jerome Baker conversation. I was a part of the Elijah Campbell conversation and uh really enjoyed hearing from these guys and rob the 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 highlight for rob hunt was nah man like i'm out on on the o-line d-lines one-on-one there's a lot of space it's kind of skewed towards offensive or defensive players you as an offensive lineman you know they're they're full bore they're coming right at you and the challenges that that presents uh jerome baker had a lot of complimentary things to say about david long his linebacker running mate and i think that's a uh, maybe an evolving story uh, that is really fascinating, as we mentioned earlier, when you consider you've got a buddy cop duo in a bunch of other rooms across this team. You've got a buddy cop duo in Christian and Zach. You've got a buddy cop duo in Bradley and Jalen. You get a buddy cop duo in Tyreek and Jalen. So to have David and uh, Jerome kind of be the next pairing of guys in the same position room that are kind of like the hallmark players that vibe really well with each other. And he said, you know, David and I are a lot alike. Oh, our temperament is very similar. Our demeanor is really similar. We lean on each other. And I asked him like, how about athletically? You guys are obviously a couple athletic guys. Do you feel like you complement each other in this scheme athletically as well? And he's like, yeah, man, we're both fast. We can both run. Having that element uh, is huge to, to have that complementary skill set. And the other thing that I asked Jerome is we, we've heard, and as we do our own research on this defense, you understand the amount of communication that's required uh, on the back seven. And I asked him, you know, obviously it's, it's very early, but through the first week at camp, how do you guys feel like you're, you're handling all of the communication responsibilities? They said it's, it's still obviously early, but – 
And I, I like that he went here. He said, you, you kind of, you're starting to see the peaks of how fun this defense can be because it plays so fast. And when everybody is on the same page and that communication takes place, um, the end result of that is a lot of fun and, and, and very disruptive. And so I thought that was good insight from Jerome as far as kind of mastering the defense. And then that theme continued with Elijah Campbell. Uh, and Elijah was very, very awesome with his time. He spoke with us for about 10 minutes. And I had asked him, obviously, this is a defense that is known for aggressive safety play and putting them in position to make plays. And you know, how are you processing all of that responsibility? And how do you how are you handling you know kind of the opportunity that you have here to put yourself in a position? And he had spoken earlier and acknowledged like all of the talent that exists in the secondary. And he said, you know, there, there's this these opportunities in this defense where once you really familiar familiarize yourself with the calls and the tools and the responsibilities as a safety, that you you can kind of anticipate more. You kind of there, there's these opportunities for you as a player that are going to exist in this defense where you can anticipate being aggressive and making a play versus times where leverage might not be on your side and you have to be a little bit more uh, to slow play with some of those things. Um, and I, I thought that was great insight for him as a player who uh, he himself acknowledged he takes great pride in his special team's resume, but he's never lost his identity as a defensive back. And he feels like he has something to prove to come out here and, and play at a high level and earn more opportunities. So uh, he's another one of those fringe roster guys that you, you talk to and you just walk away from the conversation and you're, you're pumped for that guy and the opportunity that he has and you, you hope he makes the most of it. And Elijah's been a guy I've kind of pounded the table for for a couple of years now, it feels like. So for him to have this opportunity to work for more playing time is obviously very exciting for him, and I hope he, he makes the most of that opportunity. Um, but that is going to do it for us on this episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, your host here of the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a great rest of your day. I will be back to talk to you all again tomorrow, my last day in South Florida for Miami Dolphins training camp. Don't miss it. Hit subscribe. Hope to see you then. Fins up. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.